did that change anything on the commission side with the seller or did you keep it at whatever percentage you had agreed with before? Um, so when it comes to commission questions, I'll probably just say it's just negotiable between all my clients. Gotcha. That's smart. The, diplomatic. The, 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 bro, the, bro, the broker in me was, my, my, the broker in me, my red light was going right away. I was like, careful you answer this. That was perfect. That was awesome. I, I love asking those questions though, because you know, I think about the people who are listening and like, they're like, oh, I want to do that. But like, I feel like this is their chance to get the real life examples, but I totally understand the diplomatic side of, of it as well. So cool. <laughs> Yeah, you ha in our MLS, you have to disclose. I, I'm, I think it's it's national, but you have to disclose variable commission rate. So you have to say, hey, if we represent on our side, we'll reduce that commission. And um, I will not point any fingers or say any names. But I do know of agents <laughs> that may or may not have flirted with that line, and I would not touch that personally. You've got to be super careful with it. So you have to be yep. transparent yep, up front, right? That. Yep, that's what we have to put that in our, our MLS as well. And that's that's really my biggest thing is just being open, being transparent with my clients and other agents. I just, that's how you avoid problems is you address things up front. And even if there are questions later, you can say, well, as per this conversation or as per this email I sent you, you know, just so you have it in, in writing. The paper trail, oh my God, yes. Been a lifesaver a million times. So the question is this, how do most agents succeed in today's competitive real estate market when all the successful agents are keeping the secrets to themselves? So that's the question. And this podcast will give you the answer. I interview agents from all over the world. I ask them their tactics and they share all of their secrets with me so we can give them to the world. I'm Aaron Amuchastegui and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, Aaron here with a quick commercial break. But hey, you've got to listen to this one. This one has a really, really short time offer on it. I tell you what, my friend Trevor Mock of Carrot is cooking up something super, super cool. Carrot Summit is coming up July 12th. It's a one-day virtual event for investors and agents who want to learn how to generate highly motivated, consistent leads online and how to grow and lead a team. The sessions will range from tactical breakouts on today's most effective marketing strategies like SEO, Google, AI, chat GPT for lead gen. Also to leadership topics like how eight-figure CEOs delegate. Trevor is an expert at that. If you follow him on social media, you'll see he shares so much about how he delegates and grows his huge businesses. How to avoid burnout as an entrepreneur, how to scale your team. They're going to have a wide range of experts that also come on and talk, eight-figure investors and agents, best-selling authors, industry coaches. I mean, you name it. If there's an event out there, he's doing it. But one of my favorite sessions is where you're going to learn how to train your team to profit from every single lead as a hybrid investor agent. You know, Carrot's been the authority on inbound lead generation in our industry for nearly 10 years. Trevor's team and business is one that I myself want to learn how to emulate. So join us on the summit to learn how you can build a business of freedom and impact. Go to carrot.com forward slash rockstar for our link or go to the show notes to grab your spot for free. All right, back to your podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. I am Shelby Johnson and I'm here with Elliot Hoyt. And today we are hijacking the podcast. Just kidding. Aaron knows we're here. Um, <laughs> but Elliot and I are bros from the Real Estate Rockstars mastermind um, going back since year one. So I'm really excited about that. But this show is not about us. Welcome Cheyenne McGriff in the house. We're so excited to have you. Hi, Shelby and Elliot. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited for this conversation. 
for sure. And I was just going to hit some quick stats before we jump in. So Cheyenne, you are one of the 2023 National Association of Realtors 30 Under 30 awardees from Rapid City, South Carolina, closed 36 last year and 9.4 million in volume. Um, wait, wait, South, South, South Dakota, Shelby. <laughs> yeah. South Dakota, this is South Carolina. Oh. Oh shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's, it's cool. It's close enough. It was, it was a South. It was one of the very, South. very different, but yeah. <laughs> but dude, enough about me. Um, so Cheyenne, do you want to tell us about how you got into real estate? Take us back. Yeah, absolutely. So I, like I said, I, like you said, I live in South Dakota, a uh, very <laughs> much colder state than South Carolina, I believe. Um, but I started in real estate in 2018 is when I got my license and I really got started working in August of 2018. I work on a team of, there are three of us. It includes my grandma and grandpa and myself. So it's the th just the three of us on our team. Um, my grandma has been in real estate since the 70s. She's she's amazing. She was actually one of the first five female real estate agents in Rapid City and the first in the female in the Remax office in Rapid City. So she's an amazing mentor to have and someone I'm very grateful that has helped me get into the business. So that's, awesome. that's how I got my start. I, I went to college and at first I didn't think I wanted to go into real estate and I wanted to try a couple of things first. Um, my grandma always was encouraging me to get my license though in the background. And then I worked for our community, our small community and economic development for about three years. And that's when I decided I wanted to jump into real estate. Love it. I love that it's a family business too. You know, a lot of people are like worried about working with family, but just from the way that you're talking about it, I can tell that you love them and that it's working out really beautifully. Um, and before, you know, before we hit record, you were telling us a little bit about a story that happened to you after your first year, kind of into your second. Will you hit us with, with what happened with your family? Okay. So when in about early 2020, the end of 2019 into early 2020, um, my husband had a roofing and siding contracting business for um, about four years before then. And he had been, you know, working really hard and he fell off of a roof and was injured pretty badly, but he's extremely tough and worked through it for a few months and it just continued to get worse. Um, so he wasn't able to work for a while, but kind of within all that time, um, we became pregnant with our daughter. And so it was, and that was also right when all the COVID shutdowns were happening. So it was just a really uh, interesting time, I would say for our family. And I was so grateful for real estate in that time for multiple reasons. The first was during COVID here, we were shut down for about two weeks like everyone else, but then things got really out of hand with our market. Things were moving really quickly. People have been, were moving here from all over the place. So it was just extremely busy for us. We had to do things differently, of course, with open houses, showings like everyone else did. But I was, I was grateful for that because when it first happened and my husband was hurt and I was pregnant, I got really scared. <laughs> Cause I thought, what are we going to do if I can't sell houses? I mean, that it was so scary. Um, but throughout all the time, my husband was hurt, uh, being in real estate was able to allow me to 
not only provide for my family, but travel with him to all of his procedures and be there for my daughter at the same time. Um, and we do live around a lot of family. It's why I chose to live in my little town of 800 people because we have a village to help us out. So that was, I mean, it was a trying time. He did have surgery in last fall and he is improving now. So everything, we can only go up from here. Sham, what, what's going through your head at this time then? You're, you, I mean, you've been in the business for two years at this point, right? 2018 mm-hmm. to 2022. So it's 2020 and, and your husband gets injured and you're like kind of the, the breadwinner, I'm guessing at that point. What mm-hmm. did, What's going through your head? Did you have to flip a switch to kind of make this happen or, or did you kind of just keep going the way you were going and things worked out? I would say that there really wasn't a lot of space to think about, you know, a way to move forward. There was just that I had to keep moving. We had to, I was pregnant. I had to, you know, take care of the the little baby I was growing. Um, Also, I had to just focus on doing what I could for my family. So it was really just keep moving, stay positive, make sure my husband gets better, whatever we need to do. You know, family was the priority, but the flexibility and opportunity that real estate provided me at that time was kind of our saving grace. And during this time, so when that happened, did you already have like a steady booming business or was at this point in time where you started like going hard on like lead gen and, or, you know, or did your leads come from grandma? Like, what did that look like in your business? Yeah. So that's a really good question. I would say that Um, So in 2018, when I very first started, I had one transaction and it was my husband's grandma and the individual who took my old job. So that was awesome. But that was my only transaction then. And in 2019, I had increased, but I was at about 15 transactions in 2019. Um, So nothing. I mean, it was great. I'm so grateful for that start I had in my business, but it wasn't anything to... um, too busy yet. So in 2020, I did end the year with about, well, I had 32 transactions and 12 were both buyer and seller. So it was a really busy year. And I think a lot of it was from my sphere and referrals from people I had helped in the past. Um, So as far as lead gen, I'm not great at that. I really just work my sphere as much as I can and reach out to those, especially in that time frame where interest rates were low. And I had so many of my friends, family, past clients that were looking to buy. It was a great time for them and figured out a lot of ways by working the market so often to help my buyers win. So that was a really helpful way to increase my sales at that time. Um, And just yeah, like I said, lead gen, I'm not that great at. I just work my sphere as much as possible. I'm convinced if an agent can find a, a comprehensive book to write about lead generation, they will become multi-billionaires because everyone oh, I speak cool, to, right? no matter how good they are at their job, everyone's got an idea of what they do, but they don't, they haven't quite put it together. So maybe we should get together and write a book on that. We can figure it out. Right. <laughs> sure. Every once in a while, we get these little, we get these little gems from the real estate gods that send us, send us just some random client and then they become Which, a fabulous client. So that, you know, we get those every once in a while too. Yeah, the lead the lead gen side of stuff, I feel like it's always changing, right? Like month to month and, and year to year or week to week. There's trends and things that work, but it changes so quickly that totally. I think honing down on your sphere, right? like you said, if you hone down on the sphere and just kind of tap through that, the best source of leads tend to be the people that recommend you, right? Right, absolutely. 
I was curious. I think it's really cool that you did 12 dual in 2020. And mm -hmm. I know there, there are agents out there who are actually like, you know, scared of representing both sides. So how did those, how did you come to represent both sides? And I don't know, any obstacles you had to overcome from that? Yes, that's a really good question. So I live in a small town, like I said. So a few of those were listings that I had in my community. So I always have buyers looking in my little community and I often get listings here as well because I live and work here. And that just is, that's what happened many times was it was a listing I had and I knew a buyer or they came to me because they knew me and that worked out. I would say that you want to be very careful if you're doing, if you're helping both the buyer and seller, Anytime you do it, make sure you cover all of your bases. Make sure you explain how it works up front in really detailed information and writing to both sides so they understand. Because I, the most, the most issues I see come up with helping both the buyer and seller aren't even in the negotiation process. Most of the time it comes up in the home inspection, truly is when I see them, the primary issues come up and it's, it can be difficult to navigate. I have done it several times. I know some people won't touch it, um, but I just try at all times to be as transparent as I possibly can in every single transaction so that people know what's coming up there. I like to avoid surprises, even though that's nearly impossible in real estate, but as much as I can to make sure each party um, feels like they know everything going into a transaction that works out that way. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, Aaron here with a quick commercial break. But hey, you've got to listen to this one. This one has a really, really short time offer on it. I tell you what, my friend Trevor Mock of Carrot is cooking up something super, super cool. Carrot Summit is coming up July 12th. It's a one-day virtual event for investors and agents who want to learn how to generate highly motivated, consistent leads online and how to grow and lead a team. The sessions will range from tactical breakouts on today's most effective marketing strategies like SEO, Google, AI, chat GPT for lead gen. Also to leadership topics like how eight figure CEOs delegate. Trevor is an expert at that. If you follow him on social media, you'll see he shares so much about how he delegates and grows his huge businesses. How to avoid burnout as an entrepreneur, how to scale your team. They're gonna have a wide range of experts that also come on and talk, eight figure investors and agents, best-selling authors, industry coaches. I mean, you name it. If there's an event out there, he's doing it. But one of my favorite sessions is where you're gonna learn how to train your team to profit from every single lead as a hybrid investor agent. You know, I've talked about that on here. We promote real estate agents and trying to tell people everything they need to do to get more lead gen. But one of my favorite talks at my mastermind last year was these guys that came on and said, hey, if you were only trying to go be a listing agent, then you, it's like you're working for tips. You've got to be that hybrid investor agent where sometimes you make offers to buy properties at the listing appointment while you're also telling them that you can list it for them. You know, I checked out the lineup in summary. They're going to focus on lead gen mindset, vision casting, all stuff I talk about on the pod all the time. You know, I'm also a part of an annual mastermind Trevor puts together, and it's always one of my favorites. He definitely knows what he's doing, and him and I even grew up in the same small town in Oregon, so it's extra special to be able to promote this event for him. You know, Carrot's been the authority on inbound lead generation in our industry for nearly 10 years. Trevor's team and business is one that I myself want to learn how to emulate. I mean, he even has a competitive business to one of mine, but he does so well, I have to respect that. So join us on the summit to learn how you can build a business of freedom and impact, go to carrot.com forward slash rockstar for our link or go to the show notes to grab your spot for free. All right, back to your podcast.
Totally. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Twelve is twelve is crazy. I don't think I've heard twelve on that volume. That's like what thirty something percent, right? Of thirty. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's a huge percentage. Looking at it, um, yeah. I, as long as you're an ethical agent, though, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to mess it up as long as you disclose. And I think right. that's kind of where it goes wrong, right? People don't not always disclose what's going on. Yeah, yeah so many people don't. So many people don't understand when they're buying or selling real estate because we do it every day. They kind of forget. Oh, I need to kind of explain the implications of this, and I can't give right. away too much information. Right, and I always give them the option up front. If it's a buyer that comes to me, I represent the seller. I we can do it this way, but if you want to have another buyer's agent represent you, I absolutely support that because I want them to feel comfortable. Totally. Yeah, that's a Crush. super powerful one. Oh, sorry, yeah. Shelby. Oh no, dude, I'll just fight you. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I was curious about the, did, did that change anything on the commission side with the seller or did you keep it at whatever percentage you had agreed with before? Um, so when it comes to a commission questions, I'll probably just say it's just negotiable between all my clients. Gotcha. That's smart. The, bro- diplomatic. The, 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 bro- the, bro- the broker in me was my, my, the broker in me, my red light was going, Woo! Right away, I was like, careful you answer this. That was perfect. That was awesome. (laughs) I I love asking those questions though, because, you know, I think about the people who are listening and like, they're like, oh, I want to do that. But like, I feel like this is their chance to get the real life examples, but I totally understand the diplomatic side of of it as well. So cool. (laughs) Yeah. In our MLS, you have to disclose, I I think it's it's national, but you have to disclose variable commission rate. So you have to say, hey, if we represent on our side, we'll reduce Mm -hmm. that commission. And um, I will not point any fingers or say any names, but I do know of agents <laughs> that may or may not have flirted with that line, and I would not touch that personally. You got to be super careful with it. So yeah, you have to be yep. transparent yep, up front, right? That. Yep, that's what we have to put that in our our MLS as well. And that's that's really my biggest thing is just being open, being transparent with my clients and other agents. I just that's how you avoid problems is you address things up front. And even if there are questions later, you can say, well, as per this conversation or as per this email I sent you, you know, just so you have it in, in writing. The paper trail. Oh my God. Yes. Been a lifesaver a million times. Yeah. Um, my grandma's teaching <laughs> to help me out. She has saved me from getting in trouble. I wish, I wish everyone had a team like mine truly, or I wish everyone had a mentor built in like I do, because she has taught me so much invaluable information as well as kept me out of trouble so many times. I'm like, oh, grandma, why can't I just do this? She's like, because you cannot do that. Well, speaking of the power of your team, um, you mentioned before, you know, with your husband's injury and you guys having to travel a lot for um, medical things. How did that look? Because, you know, so many people get into real estate for the freedom. And then, you know, you're an agent for longer than two months and you're like, holy shit, like I'm actually really not as free as I thought I was because I'm on call for the client and it's on their schedules. So how, when you were traveling and going through all this with your family, what did that look like in the business with your, with your team? How did that work? Mm -hmm. Well, they're amazing and they would help me anytime I needed. So um, we had to travel to Colorado a few times for my husband to have procedures completed and I just would, I told them up front, you know, these are the days I'm going to be gone. I have a couple closings coming up. Can you do, um, you know, could you do the walkthroughs for me? Can you go to the title company for me or pick up sign lockbox, all of those things. And, you know, they're just fabulous. And especially when, cause my husband was still dealing with his injury when I had my daughter in, um, 
they were just so awesome because I had buyers looking or I had closings where I just, I mean, I had a week old baby. I couldn't leave the house in the middle of, she was born in January. And if you know anything about South Dakota, it is cold and snowy and blizzardy here, like several, several um, times throughout the winter. So it was difficult for me to leave and handle business transactions or things I needed to do. And they were 100% there for me. And they still are to this day. We have a we have a fantastic working relationship within our the three of us. If I need help with something, I you know they help me. If they need help, I help them. But we have our own. We each manage our own clients, but we just help each other out where we can, here and there. It's fantastic. That's awesome. What what's the dynamic like having generations there? Because having someone who's been experienced for what fifty something years, I guess it was in the seventies do you learn from each other? Is it a one-way kind of street where you're learning more than she is? Or does she learn a lot from you, your grandmother, from kind of having that, I guess, new look on things maybe? How does that dynamic work? Yeah. So I would say 90% of the learning is from her to me (laughs) because in this business, there is just so much to learn that you can't learn without going through it. You just truly can't. But I would say that I do uh, help, help them learn at times because I don't, I think it was just from me being new, but when I first started, it seemed like I received so many strange things that happened to me in a transaction. I thought, what even is this? And I would ask my grandma, she said, where did you find this situation? I said, I don't know. So she would help me work through things. And I get the opportunity to help with some of our marketing and social media and, and things like that. And the cool thing about real estate is that things change in our market so often. I mean, we can go from a seller's market to a buyer's market fairly quickly within a cycle and finding new ways to help your client win whatever side you're on can transition really um, so many times. So it's fun to learn from each other, but definitely I learn more from her. <laughs> what's the What's the number one thing that you've learned from her? What's the one thing that you're like, that's I, I will never forget that? Well, get everything in writing. Everything in writing. That's what she told me from the start. That was that would be the number one thing, and be totally transparent. Yeah, it's uh, that's a massive piece for anyone that's listening, um, mm-hmm. especially with how fast our industry has probably expanded over since COVID. I mean, everyone was getting their license, right? I don't know what it was like um, in South Dakota, but at least out here in Boise, everyone's getting their license. And uh, I think that wasn't one thing that was taught as well as it should have been is, is exactly that. Just be honest and be transparent. It, it's crazy how that isn't taught. So that's huge. Mm-hmm. It's a simple one, right? But it's a massive one because it, it can save your butt at the best of times. Obviously, all us three on this, uh, on this, on this podcast right now, I consider us all great ethical agents. Um, so it shouldn't be a problem anyway, but it's all good till it goes wrong, right? The minute you're in court right. or someone accuses you of something, it's way easier to just pull up an email chain and be like, well, no, actually that wasn't what I said. I did advise you. It's going to happen at some point in our careers, right? If you're in it long enough, something's going to happen where someone's going to question you and you need that. That's a huge, massive piece of advice. And I I definitely, yeah, I'd take that away from this for sure. Another thing she taught me is that there are bad deals. So you really need to know who you're getting into your real estate relationship with and ask questions up front because Sometimes people are trying to get into something for wrong reasons. So, and especially if it's someone that 
you know, is not treating you well as an agent, there are situations that you can say no to. Hey listeners, Aaron here. I just want to tell you about something I'm super, super excited about. You know, a couple months ago, I had a bunch of people in my office in Austin and I taught what I called my foreclosure masterclass. It was to teach investors how to make money with the stressed real estate investing through foreclosures and other sorts of leads that are out there of people that are desperate to sell or need to sell and maybe they don't even know it yet and that process. Well, we had so much fun when people, everyone came to the office. So many people said they wanted to do it again. I recorded the class. It's now live and available for purchase. So if you're interested in learning about becoming an investor and learning about becoming an investor agent, being able to educate yourself uh, some more around foreclosures, about distressed real estate and how to get those, go to the foreclosuremasterclass.com, the foreclosuremasterclass.com. All right, back to the podcast. Yeah, not not all business is good business. That's something I picked up from a lender friend of mine. He, he mentioned not all business is good business. Um, I, I think we, especially in the beginning, right in the early stages is in your career, you're so eager to to get a deal done and to help someone. Um, but it's not. I don't know about you guys, but it's not worth the mental state sometimes, right? When you have to go through the anguish and be mistreated. There's so many mm-hmm. people out there that would value us as, as as agents. It's almost not worth getting into it with some people sometimes, right? Right. Absolutely. Totally. Totally agree. There's also like the flip side of that is like in the beginning when you are, you have no experience and you just want someone to work with those bad clients. I'm telling you, you learn more from them than anyone else. You learn what to do, what not to do. And you get those red flags from the conversations, from the body language, from, you know, how they think. And it helps teach you the type of people that you want to work with in the future. So they suck, but they're great. 100%. I'm I'm curious about the structure in your team. Do you guys have like a division of labor or is it more of like multiple agents working together to just help each other? Or is there like a split of roles? Um, No. So when I first started, I was in learning mode, of course. So I was following my grandma and grandpa, you know, to showings, to listing appointments as much as I could to soak up everything that I could because real estate classes, as you know, they don't really show you how to be a practical agent. There are so many things to learn about forms and, you know, how to communicate with your client and how to do a proper listing presentation, etc. So I took in a lot of learning at first, but when I started to get some of my own clients from my sphere, we really ended up working not we like work together but separately at the same time so i have my my list of clients and sometimes if my grandma doesn't have time to work with one of hers she'll send them over to me but she works with her clients and i work with mine but we share information and help each other when we can so if i need to go handle a you know a showing for her i absolutely will and things like that but it's like together but separate at the same time, if that, I hope that makes sense. It does. Yes. Thank you. And do you guys um, all do your contract to close piece or do you have like a transaction coordinator that you share? Yes, we are contract to close. We, it's just the three of us. And that's one thing that I tell my clients too, is when you work with me, you work with our team, there are three of us. You, when you call with a question, you talk to me. If I am out of town, you will talk to one of them. But it's something that's important to me. I'm not saying there's anything at all 
um, wrong with people that have, you know, several people on their team or coordinators. I think that's great. But for us personally, um, we like the way that our team works and our clients seem to like that they know exactly who they're going to be talking to throughout the process and they won't be handed off to someone else once they sign a listing. Totally. Makes sense. Um, and you mentioned earlier, um, and also Elliot, do you have any questions? Cause I, I could just, I, I, I mean, I can take it in a, in a slightly different direction. I don't know if it's too early for it, but I was going to ask you, so this is the way you're structured right now. There's the three of you. Mm-hmm. What are the long-term kind of aspirations? Do you have, uh, visions of a bigger team? Are you happy just serving clients day to day? What does the future look like for you and, and your team and your kind of career here? Yeah. So right now I am extremely happy with our team. I feel very lucky that I got to work at a Remax office, very um my very first office um because you know they don't always take brand new agents. So I feel lucky to be in my office and with my team. I I'm guessing my grandparents are going to work as as long as they want to, which could be a while. Uh, you know, I'm, that'd be amazing if they want to stay for a long time. Um, but I could see in the future, if I had a team, I would have a small team. And because of my location, I live an hour away from Rapid City. So if you have any, I don't know if you know much about our area, but we're very rural. And so I live a 45 minute drive from my actual office. Um, So I would love one day to have a buyer's agent that can take a showing for me short notice, because if I have a buyer, they need to see a house that could go under contract quickly. I mean, that's a three hour situation for me. I can't just pop down and show a house real quick. Um, Yeah. So that's what I would like to at least have a buyer's agent in the future um, and just keep taking really good care of my clients. Love that's that. awesome. That's, that's that's not a bad that's not a bad goal. Taking care of people sometimes it gets lost lost in the wash. I think in our industry we talk a lot about growth and scaling, right? But we don't always talk about doing things the right way. And mm-hmm. if you take care of people, naturally things tend to grow anyway, right? Right, and that's such a big thing about real estate. Is you're right. We hear so much about growing big teams. Like I said, nothing nothing at all wrong with that. But you know, like you said, growth and big teams, et cetera. But these are, these are human beings that we're helping that are going through the biggest, most likely the biggest financial investment or transaction of their entire lives. And they care about us caring about them and making sure that we're advising them. We are taking them through the process to the best of our knowledge and ability. And they want to know that we are worried about that person in front of us sitting at the listing appointment. And, you know, that's what's always so important to me is that my clients have become my friends pretty darn often just because of the relationships that we, we build. And you mentioned, um, listening, I love how you're not, you know, getting caught up in the must scale, must grow, like all of that you know, extreme stuff. But before we hit record on this, you were telling about, you know, how, how you got into real estate. Can you share that story about real estate rock stars? Oh my gosh, I absolutely will. So I remember actually very clearly when I was listening to one of the episodes I listened to very first, I don't remember what it was, but I was, um, my husband and I at the time were living in a single wide trailer in a pasture on my dad's ranch. Um, 
because there was no place for us to live in our little town. There are no houses for us to move into. And we were just getting started in our career. So, you know, we didn't really have much. And I was vacuuming my single wide, listening to an episode of Real Estate Rockstars. And I thought, man, this is amazing. I really think that I should follow my grandmother's encouragement and go into real estate. And it and I also listened to episodes with um, individuals that had become 30 under 30 honorees. And as soon as I started real estate, that was on my, you know, my vision board, something that I, I truly never thought I could achieve because here I am. I am on a small team. I don't own my own brokerage. I have, I think, 800 followers on Instagram, maybe not even 800. And I live in a town of 800 people. So how could I ever compete with these agents in big cities and 10,000 followers? I mean, these people own their brokerages. How can I ever compete? And I was so amazed, truly, and honored to be on that list this year. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars. We only have a few minutes left in this episode, but before we get to the grand finale, I just want to say, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You know, podcasts are obviously free. You don't have to pay to listen to the podcast, but if you could pay one thing, if I could charge you one thing to listen to this podcast, what I would ask you to do is go, please make a review. Go to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on YouTube or on Apple or Android, wherever you listen to podcasts, and go give me a review of the podcast. I read them. I listen to them. I try to make adjustments. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a ton of bad reviews on the sound quality or the number of advertisements, things like that. And I've really tried to dial in to add value for all of you guys. So please, please, please go do a review. If you want to get a, a copy of the toolbox of the stuff that you know everybody that comes on the show, they give us some tactics. They give us something that we put in what we call our toolbox. And so to get that, you go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com. When you get there, click on the, the toolbox and you get access to the free gift that every person that we interview on the episode provides. There's things like, you know, uh, listing tactics, how to do a presentation, you know, how to do a newsletter, all sorts of cool, fun stuff. And if you want to talk to me, go find me on Instagram at Aaron Amuchastegui. Ask me a question. I talk to so many of you guys on there. All right, back to the show. Thanks again for being a listener. There's two things I have to hit here. First, first congratulations. Um, we'll get into that. But the, the th so for those of you who don't know, the 30 Under 30 Award um, is pretty much the biggest honor you can get as a young realtor from the National Association of Realtors. So um, I forget what the verbatim is. It's for like, for like it's for it's for volume um, is one part of it, but a lot of it's community involvement, um, career progression, um, all kinds of different things. It was the highest honor you can get. So congrats for that. Um, I also Thank got you. that in 2020, and, and just like you. I had it on my vision board too. And I remember I was driving Uber uh, back in 2018, 2019, for part of 2019. So you and I, you were probably in a, in a, in a single wide and I was in an Uber at one point together. We both had aspirations <laughs> that I put on a dream board. So that's awesome. It shows you that anything is possible if you put your mind to it, right? You just got to say you're going to do it and commit to it. So that, that's awesome. Congrats on that. That's a huge one for those of you listening. 30 under 30 is a really, really uh, prestigious award. So congrats. And second congrats thing I was going to say. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you were the most recent one, so forget about me. I'm getting old now. I'm above 30. I can't even use 30 under 30 anymore because I'm too old. They're like, You're you really ancient. look 50. So, yeah, That's I'm right. ancient. I'm, I'm, I'm dusty. I, you cut me, the dust will run out of my veins. Um, <laughs> and then the second point, um, good thing Aaron's not here because he always gets choked up when he hears stories about people that were listeners that then ended up coming on the show um, when we were at the uh, the Mastermind. 
in Austin just back in, in, in March. Um, I was on stage with him and he got chucked up again because one of our attendees said, Hey, I was, I was going through a tough time. I was delivering packages. Um, and I was listening to real estate rock stars and I always wanted to be on the show one day or, or come to the event, uh, to the mastermind. And they did. So good thing Aaron's not here. If he's listening, he's choked up right now because he always loves to hear the crying, sobbing, he is, snot he is just everywhere. Sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> now, he, might, he might shed a tear once in a while, but that, that's awesome. Yeah. It's so, it's so surreal to be here with someone else that listened to it as well and was like, that would be awesome one day. It's, it's a crazy community we're building here. Yeah. I'm very grateful to be here. Like I said, it's a, it's really a, pinch me moment. <laughs> okay. And looking, so pinch me moment in the present. Um, but let's say looking back, what advice would you give a rookie or yourself if you were getting into, into real estate, knowing what you know now? Number one for a rookie, I would absolutely say get a mentor. Make sure you have a mentor to guide you through starting the business to help keep you out of trouble and to really teach you how to be an effective agent. And number two advice, I would say don't get distracted by shiny objects in real estate people. So people love real estate, right? People love to post about real estate. People love to talk about real estate. And there is so much information online. So many people trying to tell you to um, hire this company to help you or hire or do this kind of posting on Instagram or there are, I mean, we are flooded. I don't know if you guys see this, but I do. I mean, flooded with all the things that I should be doing for my business that I'm clearly doing terrible if I'm not <laughs> doing all of these things. Right. Um, but I would just say, don't get distracted by shiny objects, find something that works for you and continue to work it and stay consistent. And that's still something that I constantly struggle with. You know, if I see someone that I think is, you know, just doing so amazing, doing something on, on social media, I think, well, I better start doing exactly what they're doing instead of just sticking with what works for me. That's a great point. Yeah, you got you got to stay off social media sometimes as far as what you consume. There's so many agents out there. I don't know about you guys, Cheyenne, in, in, in your market. I, I see agents out here that post how well they're doing. But then when you look at the numbers on the back end, it's like, I don't know if you're telling quite the true story. Yeah, you got to stick consistent and not let the mm -hmm. let the noise and the shiny things affect you sometimes. Absolutely. Cool. Love it. You had so many good nuggets today. We got, you know, starting from the talk, we had get everything in writing. Love that one. Clear communication, understanding that there are bad deals out there, you know, and a great one was the, the finding finding a mentor and don't get getting distracted. Holy shit, man. <laughs> and don't get distracted by shiny objects. Actually, learning how to speak also. Add that to the list for me. <laughs> but okay, is there anything that you would let like you know, to cover, to talk about that we didn't get a chance to do today? I would just say a couple of things that have really helped me learn in the business were getting in and doing things myself. The first uh, house that my husband and I purchased together was a project house. We It was a flip house that we we bought, we fixed up ourselves with the help of a lot of his family and our, my family. And we lived in it for a little bit and then turned it into a rental and then decided to buy our current home. And we're currently working on buying another project house. And I 
when I first started in real estate, I didn't own a house yet. And I felt so weird sometimes. I thought, how can I tell them what to do? I haven't done it yet. So as soon as I could, got the opportunity, we purchased a house and that helped me learn so much, both as a real estate agent, but also as an investor to help guide on both sides of the fence, um, either people looking to buy for the first time or move up or help someone that's looking to invest uh, because we have done the hands-on experience. Dude, I totally agree with that. And that is one of my favorite pieces of advice. And personally, so I was an investor before I got my license as an agent. And there are just so many times that you you just feel so much more confident that mm -hmm. you're telling people the right advice and right information because you've lived it. You've right. experienced it. You know exactly what it is, not from a textbook, not because someone told you it was that way, but because you've lived it. So I think that's freaking awesome. So you flipped the one, you flipped the first house. You're working on your second. Is that right? What does the investing future look like for you? The, I'm, my husband and I are really excited to continue moving forward with investing. So this next one we're doing is going to be a flip, but I would like to expand our, just our rental portfolio. Uh, additionally, I, in my small town, we're hoping to potentially help some builders get some spec houses built here because we don't have much for housing. So getting that done would be nice. huge. And I would love to own a short-term rental, but we are starting to see our communities put more rules and regulations on short-term rentals. So getting into that sooner than later would be, would be best. <laughs> Before we go anywhere, if someone wants to get hold of you, what is the best platform or way to do it? Because I'm sure someone one day is going to need something in South Dakota. How would we, how do we stay in contact with you? I would say my, the number one way to reach me would be on Instagram. Um, my handle it's at Cheyenne summer 605, 605. We have only one area code in all of South Dakota. So Cheyenne summer 605. That's the number one place you can find me. I'm adding you right now. I'm going to give you a follow. So if I get a follow, be awesome. Fabulous. I followed you right before this. I was like stock stock. Who is <laughs> So we're friends. 800. Maybe I'll finally get to 800 followers now. I think I'm at 780 something. So here we go. Sweet. After this podcast, you have 20,000 more. Oh boy. You'll get that. You'll get that blue tick before the end of the week. Watch. Oh, damn right. And if you're out there listening and want to hang out with Elliot or I, you can find Elliot on Instagram at Elliot underscore Hoyt. And I am the Shelby Show on the gram. Please message all of us. Hang out with us. We want to hear from you. And if you don't already follow Real Estate Rockstars, shame. Do that right now. Um, but otherwise, that is it for today. So Cheyenne, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you're you. freaking awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I just want to make sure everybody knows I couldn't do anything without my family. So I'm just so grateful for everyone that makes it possible for me to do what I do. And she's humble. Love. And she's <laughs> humble, of course. Well, Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.